Yes, you're on the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Do you like scary movies, <laughs> Shelby? <laughs> I think it's more like, <clears throat> okay, let's see. I'm really bad at impressions, but um, it feels more like he's kind of like, he has like a higher, a higher tone, you know, it's not as gravelly. Okay. So I think it's more, okay, I should have practiced this. Now I'm on the spot. Um... So he's like, oh, I know your mother from a group. And then he's like, do you want to play a game, Sydney? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll take it. I think mine was better, but um, I'll do a poll in the, in in the, the Instagram chat. stories. Okay. And we'll, yes, we'll figure it out for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Perfect. Um, and also, I should say that I watched Scream 1999 or whenever it came out 1996 1996 when i was like in college and haven't seen it since so i'm really operating off of a recency uh reactionary uh take on scream 2022 so well luckily for you i'm writing an article that's ranking all of the deaths in all of the scream movies (laughs) so i have recently been like rewatched all five so oh, wow. I'm well-versed <laughs> in the plot yeah. lines of them all. Well, you told me, and I'm pretty sure this is on record, that I didn't have to do any prep, that I didn't have to see any of the other ones to make sense of this one. And I sort of agree, but also kind of disagree because I felt like a lot of my time in the early part of this movie was like, wait, am I supposed to know something? Like, who are these people they're referencing? And I could kind of like, you know, start to put it together like, okay, what is it? Billy Loomis is the killer. Like they say that yes. outright. But then there was this bit about like Randy, and I'm like, I don't know who Randy is. I don't know. And then by the end, I was like, oh, he dies. Like he's just one of the victims in the original movie. But it's very meta, and it references the movie. But then it also had a cast list of like Tori Spelling and stuff, and I was confused about that because is that is <laughs> do these stabs two through four feature Tori Spelling, or is that just a funny joke about who would have played like? the um the main character since they obviously can't have the main character be the main character in the movie even though the other characters are the characters in the movie so to set it up (laughs) we're talking about scream the new scream movie scream five but they're not calling it that it's just scream and basically how the franchise works is it's very meta it's like people who are in a horror movie talking about being in a horror movie that's sort of like the whole premise especially of the first one and then so as we so as they've moved on through the series it's gotten more meta so the first Mm. one is just like a murder takes place or there's a there's a killer in this town and he's killing people off like it's would in a horror movie but then at a certain point in the series they're in the series Scream, they start making movies based on the events that took place in the first movie Scream. And those movies in the Scream world are called Stab. So there's lots of references in this about these Stab movies that, um, that take 
that you sort of like see clips of and stuff on the other mm. ones. Also, Scream 3, notably, is set on the movie set for one of the Stab movies. Oh. <laughs> so it's like Parker Posey is playing the Neve Campbell character in this movie, but then mm. there's a killer on the set of the movie. So it's, yeah. Okay, okay. So Okay, because yes. Gail, Gail Weathers and Dewey are not in the original movie, right? No, they are. Oh, they are? Oh, yes. okay, wow. It's so <laughs> Dewey, who is David Arquette, Sydney, who is Neve Campbell, and Gail Weathers, that's Courtney Cox, they are in all three of the or in all five of the movies. Right. Um the rest of the characters are largely like brought in for a movie and then most of them are killed off. Right. So yeah. basically everybody else in this movie is new, with the exception of the sheriff woman who is a oh. deputy in Scream 4. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I was a little... Spelling plays a character in one of the Stab movies in one of the earlier Scream movies. Okay, okay. Because that's where I was like, I guess I, I recognize that the shows were meta commentary on horror but i hadn't realized that they'd become like i think i'd remembered someone mentioned oh gail weathers writes a book and that's kind of how the story continues or whatever so i kind of knew i guess there was this through line but i hadn't realized how like how layered it was (laughs) in the universe of scream yeah 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 i guess there are like I think this movie had more over, like more references to older movies than like Halloween did, the new Halloween. Mm. But they're definitely I think they don't really affect the plot too much. It's mostly just mm-hmm. like name dropping things. Right. Um so as long as you can kind of get past that, I think the rest of the movie works pretty well. Yeah. Uh I don't know, is that how you felt? Yeah, I would say I I was at first like, oh, crap, like, am I supposed to be tracking these names? And like, everyone's related to someone. And that's like part of the plot. And I was trying to figure out like, wait, what's the relation? Like, how should I? But yeah, by the like, you know, the second act, it really doesn't matter. And, <laughs> you know, as slasher flicks go, the frame story isn't necessarily the uh, selling point of the the you know the 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 crux of the film which is just to watch kids and and family alike get slaughtered so yes the interesting thing about the scream franchise that's not i think in mm. most horror franchises is that there's also the who done it element to right it, where you know that one of the characters in the movie is the killer or in the scream franchise it's usually two of the characters in the movie are the killers where in like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like you know who the killer is. The killer is the right. bad guy. It's not like oh, the it's not like a Scooby Doo episode. Which yeah, you don't have to like, like unmask. Yeah, figure out who has betrayed you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I have my <laughs> issues with slasher flicks in general, but I was curious how you felt about this because I know you said that you really really liked it. So was it was it just a nice sequel? Did you feel like it was a really good? film like how would you describe your joy in this film i mean i love the scream movie so i was so excited to see it another one of these i love the meta element of it because obviously i like horror movies and i like movies in general so to watch like the (laughs) characters comment on that i think is fun the sort of um 
I feel like there's sort of two running meta gags in this movie that I thought were both really funny. One was that this isn't like prestige horror because since Scream <laughs> 4, prestige horror has really become much more of a thing. The sort of like A24, like more artsy mm-hmm. variety. So I thought it was fun them sort of <laughs> taking like pot shots at that because obviously that's not what Scream is doing. Scream is right. like very old school. <laughs> and then the second thing that they were talking about is this idea of a requel which Mm -hmm. is like a reboot sequel, which lots of franchises have attempted to do recently, which I also thought was funny that they were sort of like calling that out uh, over and over again. So I I thought that those parts were really clever. I thought in general, the like some of the kills were fun and the suspense was good. Um, I thought that the sort of reveal of who done it at the end and the reason for why they did it was interesting and entertaining and mildly cathartic. I mean, we'll get into it, the spoilers <laughs> at the end, but I felt like the, it was a, it was a situation that you and I complain about often on the podcast. Uh, so to watch it being called out in a movie, I was like, Oh, this is like, this is fun. Right. So is the general consensus? Cause in this, universe people don't like these stab sequels but do people like scream two three and four generally i think people loved scream one yeah and thought scream two was fine i think a lot of people hated scream three when it came out Mm. and so then there was a long break between scream three and scream four um And I think Scream 4 didn't necessarily do super well in theaters, but fans really liked it. It's a real, I think it's really fun and probably one of the, I I think if I was to rank them, I would do one, four, five, two, three. Interesting. Um, So, so wait, when did 4 come out? I don't, I feel like I didn't even hear about it. 4 came out like, in I don't know like 2008 or so it, ha- oh, it wow. has Hayden Panettiere and Emma Roberts is uh, in it that's um, ringing a faint bell yeah it's sort of like Britt Robertson I think is in Scream or it definitely is in Scream 4 I'm trying to think of who else is in that one um, they because they all have like fairly famous casts right. um, or people who are like if they weren't well known then have become well known like Sarah Michelle Gellar is in one of them Allison Brie is in one of them um Jenny McCarthy's in one of them who else is in Scream 4 um Anthony Anderson Adam Brody Rory Culkin is in Scream 4 um Anna Paquin Kristen Bell Lucy Hale so like lots of people Okay, well, that's intriguing to me. I was reading some reviews and stuff about this one, and I was curious your thoughts because, like I said, uh, slasher fix, I have my issues with it, which I recognize is a weird, um, I guess I don't know, a hypocritical stand for me because I like something like Yellow Jackets or I can enjoy, uh, you know, a, a brutal film but i think the slasher thing for me is more like well why why is this supposed to be funny like i don't understand like am i supposed to be laughing at this but but primarily with this film and as i remember people enjoying the first one is that it's funny but it's also scary but i didn't feel like this was a scary movie like i didn't feel like i think maybe because they made jokes of jump scares so often but then they still did jump scare. So it was kind of like, 
nothing about it. Like I remember viscerally being terrified of the opening scene of Scream. And like, I still can't watch it. Like it still is scary to watch. Whereas this one, I don't know if it was just like, you reach a point where all these films are sort of a little formulaic. And even if they're poking fun of that and referencing that, it just takes away sort of the the risk factor or the fear factor. I don't know. Were you scared watching this movie or was it just like an enjoyable movie? I mean, I don't really get that scared in horror movies very mm. often now. <laughs> Dead just, inside. Well, just I think like the once you the more you see of them, the more you're used to the sort of like bits and things. And right. also, yeah, with the Scream movies, they're sort of making fun of they're poking fun at horror movies at the same time. So they're yeah, they're trying to be scary, but also they're trying to be funny. And the thing with Ghostface is that he's sort of like a little bit of a doofy villain. Like right. whenever he's trying to kill someone, there's always lots of points where like, oh, he's getting pushed on the stairs. He's getting pretty you klutzy. Know. Yes, he's very yeah. klutzy. And then there's also all of these like kind of entertaining, funny meta moments where people are like commenting on things while they're happening. Uh, so I think that also like lightens the mode a little bit where even something like Halloween isn't doing that so Mm. there's more of like an ominous energy where like in this one there's a scene where this girl is about to get stabbed but she's watching the same scene on the television Mm -hmm. of someone else getting stabbed at the same time so you're kind of like yes it's like sort of suspenseful but it's also kind of funny because like she's pointing at the screen and being like look behind you and you're like no look behind you (laughs) um yeah I don't know I yeah, but, but I don't think this movie was super scary just in general. It didn't. Yeah. I think th- some of the other screen movies are more scary than this. I, like since I'm writing this article, I'm going through all of kind of the kills and I, there's well, one, there's less kills in this because a lot of people who you think are getting killed don't actually die. They mm. just have injuries. But also, I don't know. I, I, there wasn't as much like creeping around a dark house kind of vibe right. as there are in some of them. Like a, several of the kills took place like in broad daylight. And then yeah. sort of once you get to the grand finale, then it stops being scary. And it's more of just like kind of a fight scene. Right. Yeah. Cause um, the other screams were all directed and sort of created by Wes um, Craven. Craven. And then, this one was dedicated to him, but it was written by the people who did Ready or Not, right? Yes. Yeah. And so I was like sort of comparing the two. And I feel like Ready or Not is the quote unquote scarier film. Like I felt like I was more tense in that. And I, and that's also kind of played for laughs. And there's like a comedy element to it and kind of the doofiness of these people who don't actually aren't really good at killing the person they need to. Um, but I felt like Scream got like got more it was more focused on making a good quote unquote scream movie that it kind of forgot to be a scary movie at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what it was trying to do. Mm. I think like Ready or Not was supposed to be scarier and is like a lot darker and more grisly. Mm-hmm. Where I think this is definitely much more of like a who done it and also a um like getting all of the witty sort of like jokes in. Because yeah. even at the end, when it's like they finally kill the people, the girl's like, I'd rather watch the Baba Duke. You know, it's like right. there's not like even in the moments where you would, there would be some drama normally, they're like putting in some comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I felt like 
You've made me watch two horrors at this point, and I'm trying not to reiterate the same frustrations I have with the genre. Um, but did you find these kills interesting? Did you find it an exciting film? <laughs> um, did it scratch your, you know, your interest that you have for well, the good slasher? I thought that some of like. I honestly did like the opening sequence, mm, mm-hmm. which is sort of like the remix of the Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. kill from Scream 1, where, and most of the Scream movies start with this, where it's like they get the, there's a girl alone in a house, she gets a phone call, they're like, oh, you have to play this game of answering questions about scary movies, or otherwise you, um, are, otherwise we're going to kill you. They get it wrong. The person somehow gets in the house or was already in the house. And then there's like a fight scene and they ultimately end up dying. Yeah. So this time there was this whole thing about like the, the doors of the house, like automatically locking and unlocking, which I thought was interesting. Um, I also liked the, um, I liked kind of how they use the new technology in the yeah like how there was stuff with texting because obviously in the original was sort of like a landline phone where now there's things with like texting and like find your friends on gps and stuff that i thought added some fun levels of suspense um were they like the most inventive kills i had ever seen (laughs) not necessarily (laughs) yeah I, i think my favorite kill was probably not even uh it wasn't even one of the um, ghost face kills. It's the girl at the end who like they dump the hand sanitizer on her and then she like <laughs> falls in the uh, the stove. Horrifying. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, that is the perfect like slight COVID nod without like <laughs> doing a COVID bit. I, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely like chuckling in the theater. I liked the the meta commentary. I liked a good monologue. Like, like they were having a good time. And I felt like the young cast that they brought on was kind of was good. Uh, ultimately, if we were ranking the teens in this film, I would put Tara, the youngest daughter, the first the first attack, the youngest girl, I mean, mm-hmm. the first attack first as like the best. And I would honestly, I'm sorry for her, but the In the Heights girl, who is the main character, I didn't love her in this. I felt like she was really wooden. She was really like stiff. And I I don't know. I really liked her in In the Heights. And then I feel like everyone afterwards was like, oh, no, she was the worst part. And I was (laughs) like, I liked her way more than I liked the other girl in In the Heights. I thought she was terrible. So I don't know. I sort of had like an affinity for her going into this. And Mm. I also really like Jack Quaid who plays her love interest. So I kind of like the two of them as like a fun couple. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I really, really, really loved the (laughs) the line where she's like, I got I got distant and I got weird and I tried every drug there was out there. (laughs) I just I I don't know. I thought that was kind of a funny monologue that felt kind of. Yes. Well, and also the whole like, Wooden. there's always a weird backstory that you like immediately forget upon leaving the theater with the oh, character right. of like who killed of who killed the person and why. And it's always, you know, it's like, oh well, I was actually your stepbrother's cousin, and your mom yeah. hit me, <laughs> and so now I have to come. Yes. Like it's always confusing. So this whole bit where she's like, she is Skeet Ulrich's like illegitimate daughter and like has this darkness living inside of her. And like, so then you're trying to think like, well, maybe she's the killer all along because she has this. Wait, isn't she Billy Loomis's? Oh yeah. Well, Skeet Ulrich plays Billy Loomis. Sorry. 
Oh, 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 sorry. Um, yeah, I was like, I do not remember that name. <laughs> no, that's... What a name. <laughs> and also Jughead's dad in Riverdale. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's why he was familiar. Um, What's his name in that one? P, P, F, P, T, P... What's Jughead's dad's name? You're asking F.P. F.P. Jones. That's what it is. If I'm being stalked by a serial killer and they're like, name the Jughead dad. Jones's <laughs> dad. I'd be dead. So Yeah, you better hope you get a phone of friend. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Or can it. Google quick enough like this I know. girl did. Yeah, I was, I was glad they did that because when she wasn't Googling things, I was like, girl, you have a phone right there. Come on. You got uh, multitask. Um, yeah, I thought like some of the, the energy around the kids was fun. Like the, um, the twins were I loved fun. the twins. Yeah, they were great. The Guess girl what? twin especially was fun. She's in yellow jackets. She's also <laughs> in, um, uh, someone was telling me she's in The Leftovers, maybe? Oh, I had never seen or heard of her before, but I think she's like had multiple like appearances recently. Oh, maybe. I mean, it has been a long time since I watched The Leftovers and she was much younger then. So I can't I don't recognize that. That didn't make a connection in my mind, but she is in The Leftovers. She's great in it. So just another reason to give it a try. <laughs> this is now a Yellow Jackets review. Um, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Well, and Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, son, I feel like, is in everything. Yes. Yeah, he's he's like the go-to teen. I, I mean, is he in... Um, is he in Riverdale? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But he was in Booksmart. So how do I know him? Oh, okay. Booksmart. He was in Love, Victor. Did he Victor? do 13 Reasons Why? Or? <laughs> no, I think he was in Love, Victor. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Um, but there was 13 Reasons Why representation because he was oh, in this you know too. What with he's a also in. Oh, wait. Bleached look. Oh, no, never mind. What is this? <laughs> he's in something called Moonshot. And I thought that was going to be the movie that you keep getting excited about. That's like a, the moon that like, we're okay. living on the moon. I or whatever not... it is. <laughs> that you're like desperate to see. What? Are you talking about the one where the moon is actually an alien ship? Yeah, whatever that is. I it's don't coming think out I've like said I'm weeks. excited for no, it. No, yeah, you definitely have. Um, it was not on my 2022 roundup, I'll tell you that much. But uh, but no, this is a movie called Moonshot that he's going to be in that has Zach Braff, Cole Sprouse, and Lucas Gage, who is the guy who gets his ass eaten out and White Lotus. <laughs> Good for him. Um, yeah, I thought they were both fun. I... It's hard for me. It was hard for me to like differentiate between what is just this movie trying to be like meta and funny and what is actually just bad acting. You know what I mean? Like, or bad writing, I guess I should say. Oh yeah. Some of the, some of the scenes where people are like giving off their little monologues. It's like, okay, like this is not like, this isn't realistic dialogue. So no one is going to be able to deliver (laughs) this in like a real way. Yeah. Um, And it was also interesting because I mean, you know, they make a big spiel about like, oh, it's always the friend group, always the friend group. But you actually, there's a large chunk of the movie where you're not interacting with any of the friends. Like, it's very much an insulated story around the oldest sister trying to make connections with the older cast. And then there's like, I feel like the biggest sequence before the obviously like finale showdown is at the hospital where it's just the sad little sister rolling around in her (laughs) her wheelchair trying to 
I don't know what she's doing. Explore the haunted floor and hide and also attack. And she's just wheeling around with her broken little hand and foot. Bless her heart. And so I just feel like we didn't actually get a sense of a lot of the characters. It was really just, I mean, I guess like just the friends, right? Like, And I was wondering, is that like par for the course? Because I kept waiting for more interactions with them. But it was really just the beginning and then the end. And there's this whole middle chunk where... I mean, only one. We so, see. <laughs> so this is where I, I have a theory about this oh, okay. movie that I think that they are trying to basically do what Halloween is doing, where they're trying to make a new trilogy of movies. Mm. Um, because so the the first four screen movies, the main characters are the are Sydney, Dewey, and Gail, and then every movie has a different, you know, other group of people who they're in interacting with but most of those people are dying in the movie like there's not a lot of turnover from you know one to two to two to three to three to four so most of the time you are just focusing on those three people and then their interactions with whatever this new group is so like Mm. the first movie it's sydney's high school friends the second movie it's her college friends the third movie it's these um it's this group of actors who are in the stab movie and then in the fourth movie she goes back and it's like her niece and emma roberts and all of emma roberts friends Mm. so it's like these different friend groups but i think that what they're trying to do here which they haven't announced anything about this (laughs) but i think they're clearly like setting up a new trilogy of movies that will rely largely on this like new group Mm. of people who are going to move forward because they didn't kill off either of the twins. They didn't kill off the little sister. And then obviously they didn't kill off the main girl, which I feel like that's a big group of people to not kill, especially since three of those people basically had death scenes in the movie, but then just didn't die. So I (laughs) think that they were spending a lot of time like setting up, especially like the older sister, younger sister and that dynamic so that moving forward, they can sort of be the main characters Mm. like also like in star Wars, I think kind of in the, uh, what's the third group of them called? Not the sequel, the, 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 yeah. 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 Those seven, eight, nine, how it's like, yes, the original people are in those, but like, it gets less as that goes on and it focuses more on like Ray and whatever the other people's names were. (laughs) Um, So I think that's what they're trying to do here, which I think is why they spent less time with some of these Mm. individual friends and more time with specifically the sister and the, the two sisters, because really like the older sister and her boyfriend, and their relationship with the younger sister doesn't have anything to do with the friend group. And right. then the Dewey Gale Sydney trifecta also doesn't have anything to do with the friend group. So you really had like three different groups of characters throughout this movie. Um, yeah. And so some of the, f- the friends didn't get much airtime. Um, mm, yeah. I will say though, I think that my favorite scene in the whole movie is the scene where the girl twin goes down into the basement to get the (laughs) beer out of the fridge with the other girl. And they sort of have the like standoff of like, well, you shouldn't have come down here. Well, you shouldn't have come down with me because then I would have like, maybe you're the killer. Well, maybe I'm the killer. Well, maybe you should go up the stairs first. I thought that whole scene was really fun and well done as you sort of like go back and forth thinking like, well, is that one the killer? Oh no, maybe now this one's the killer. Oh now maybe the other (laughs) one's the killer. Yeah. I liked the, I, that was like a recurring joke I guess is sort of these friends not truly trusting each other but also like 
I guess it's bad that I don't like trust that my girlfriend isn't the killer. And I thought that was interesting and fun. And there was a lot of like pointing fingers and obviously referencing that it's usually, you know, it's always someone in the friend group. So who is it going to be? And like all that. I'll say my least favorite part of the film, and it was a really extended scene, was when um, the 13 Reasons Why guy (laughs) and his mom got killed. I don't know why. It just like really, it wasn't like fun to me. It was really kind of, I don't know if I've just gotten soft or something, but it's just like pointless in like a sad and pathetic kind of way that made me feel bad. <laughs> well, they needed to obviously like have a big kill in the middle. Yeah. Really, they're the only ones in yeah, the group the only... who yeah. get ki- killed because there's like the opening sequence, but that's the little sister and she doesn't die. And then those two get killed. And then Dewey gets well, killed. and there's that really, really, oh, really, yeah, random really random kill. Yes, but like of the friend group, really, they're the only ones who die until the end. So yeah. they needed to kill somebody. But yeah, also I think because like because it was just so sweet, sort of like the mother and son's like interaction yeah. the whole time, where it's like she's going to get food and he's like setting the table and whatever. And then the fact that they like she dies like trying to save him and then he dies trying to save her that it's like uh yeah it was sort of sad it was just sad and it was just like man i think that just like brought home like why i don't enjoy these movies so much is because like the randomness of these murders it's not like it's not justice and it's not like evil or it's not vigilanteism it's just like bored people murdering people for the kicks and giggles and Obviously, you know, that can be explored in a meaningful way, but it just like really bummed me out during that sequence. I was just like, oh, poor guy. Well, I poor think mom. especially like sometimes horror movies, they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to kill these people, but we don't want you to like them. So they purposely yeah. make them like awful human beings. They're like, <laughs> you know, they're like walking to their car and they're like, dumb Asians hate them. And you're like, oh, perfect. We don't mind <laughs> seeing this person get killed. Um, yeah. Where. In this movie, they they didn't really do that very much. Um, no, that's but, true. If they'd made him like you know, if they just put a maga hat on him, maybe I would. have... Yes. <laughs> just kidding. I just, I yeah, it was just kind of like a much longer sequence than I thought, and I think it was funny that they were trying to like, you know, the musical notes, the opening of cabinet doors, like they were really hemming in on this joke of like you expect a jump scare, but we're not going to give you one here until they ultimately do, and. And I like enjoyed that idea, but it felt like a joke that went on like a little too long, like a bit that someone didn't know how yeah, to finish. Yeah, because there was a lot of him wandering around the house, opening yeah. things and closing things. I mean, there's the whole sequence where he like he goes in the shower, and you think maybe something's gonna happen there, but then it doesn't. And then he comes downstairs, and he's setting up the whole yeah. table, and he goes <laughs> in the basement, and he comes. Out. Yeah, there's just so much. Well, should we talk about the the final twist, the whodunit of this uh, mystery? Well, yeah, and I also feel like we should talk about the fact that they finally killed off one of the main three characters. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, I, I should have mentioned that. Honestly, I yeah, like I said, I didn't remember him in the first one, but he did a good job in this. I felt like I cared, and it was really like a sad and uh, kind of pathetic ending, but ultimately... I liked that it wasn't necessarily played for laughs in a way they could have. Like it technically made sense why he got into the situation he did. But how did you feel as someone with a little bit more attachment to him? 
Well, it's interesting because the three characters of like Dewey, Gale, and Sydney are all like they're not friends from the first one. Like Dewey mm. is one of her friend's older brother who's like a deputy, and then Gale is like this annoying reporter who's like snooping around for it and sort of like just trying to like get the the news scoop because she wants to be more famous. And so they are like an unlikely trio. And it's always been this bit kind of, of like, oh, well, like they didn't die in the first one. And so then there's all this stuff about in the second one of like, well, if you, if you live through the first one, like then, you know, it's like, you can't have more than one person live through the first one. So basically you're probably <laughs> going to die in the second. And then in the third, there's this whole bit about like, oh, in the, the, the final movie of a trilogy, anything can happen because there's not going to make another one. So they can kill off anybody. Even Sydney could die in the third one. Um, and so, and then in this one, I think there's a line somewhere about like, oh, well, like the legacy characters like can't get killed or so, like you need the legacy characters right. to like move forward. So I think it is interesting that they finally chose to kill off one of them after four movies of not killing them off. Because I just kind of assumed going into this one, like, OK, well, those three are always going to survive because, <sighs> you know, you need them to. And then and then they didn't. But it's also a running gag that Dewey just gets like stabbed and shot in every movie so he has like all of these injuries and he like never is really that helpful he's always like um sort of like taken out earlier in the lineup so yeah i was sad to see him go because i do think if they're gonna do two more of these and he's not in them that's kind of upsetting but Mm -hmm. at the same time i thought like the way he went out was kind of fun um that he's like oh no you got to shoot him in the head like i have to go back and shoot him in the head it like it made sense. It was sort of sad, and you're like, "Why don't you just stay on the elevator?" But no. <laughs> well, and I just have to add, like, they he did get a shot in. Like, who was walking around with a bullet wound the rest of the movie? You know what I'm saying? Well, wasn't he wearing like a bu- bulletproof vest? The oh, I didn't. Was he? I, think, I I did cover my eyes at point. So yeah, I think that he. I think that Ghostface was wearing a bulletproof vest because oh. that's also been a plot line in other of the movies where it's oh. like you think the person gets shot and it's like surprise they didn't. I see. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think he played it well, honestly, David Arquette. I I mean, he's not the strongest, obviously. His maybe record speaks for that, but I really it was a. You know, moving scene. They obviously tried to up the emotional ante with this, like, Gail Weathers uh, reunion moment right beforehand. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about her that just... I just don't care. So I agree that I would have... If I had to pick who the three died, I don't think I would have picked Dewey, so... (laughs) Is... Do you not like Courtney Cox, or you just didn't like the character? I guess... I just don't, I just, I don't know if it's a script or her character or whatever, but I find her acting in this and maybe in other things sometimes a little bit uh, lackluster. And um, I wish she, it was better for me, but in this especially, she's just like very much, like I think she's meant to be sarcastic and kind of like hard ass, but it just comes across like mm, untalented. Well, she's the, she's like, she's, sort of presented as the villain at least in the first two or a yeah. villain uh, cuz she's like this pesky news reporter who like 
is sort of getting in everyone's personal business. And yeah. then through these encounters, she ends up like getting into a relationship with Dewey. Mm. So I was kind of confused as to why then they like why they would have split them up for the beginning of this and not just had them like be a couple. But yeah. Oh, so they weren't on they were on amicable terms in the I fourth think one. That they end the fourth one. Yeah, together. Oh, okay. So I don't know why they had split up in between, but yeah, I guess I don't know. They had to separate them for the story or maybe scheduling reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, also they used to be married. Now they're not anymore. So oh, awkward. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Write that in the writer somewhere. Um, but I've got to say, I didn't read spoilers. Congrats to me. I really went in blind. Um, but I figured out who the killers were pretty fast. Really? Oh, yeah. Pretty much. And, and this is a spoiler alert. So, like, if you care, I don't think it affects the watching. But I feel like you know exactly from the first phone call with Amber. Because I was like, this video recording of Amber brushing her hair is, like, really sus to me. And I just, like ghosting her phone like what does that mean like that doesn't make any sense and so and then they really do play amber as like this like loner of the group who doesn't really fit in with anyone and i'm like oh i figured it would be like a jealousy thing or like i wasn't sure who the second killer was because my money was either on you know tara or the boyfriend but i definitely knew it was amber (laughs) I feel like I've maybe just watched too many horror movies where now I second guess myself too Mm, much because mm. it like does make sense that it would be her. But then especially I think because everyone had said like, oh my gosh, it's so good. The movie's so good. I was like, okay, well that seems too obvious. So the killer's probably like the sister or it's like Mm. somebody who already died or, you know, like, I don't know, like it's the mother and son, but they somehow, you know, I don't know what like (laughs) I thought it was going to be. Um, Well, good. I'm glad. That makes me more, that makes me proud of myself and feels like I accomplished something and watching that without spoilers. So, well, and then there also got to be a point where I'm like, okay, well, they said like, they say like, oh, it's always the boyfriend. So it's probably not the boyfriend. They, the killer in the fourth movie is basically like has the sister sort of role. So I was like that. It seems like they, it would be weird that they would do that two times in a row. Um, But then I was like, the friends all seem like not big enough characters for them to be like the main killer. So it has to be somebody. So I was sort of like just going through my mind of like, okay, if it isn't all of these people, then like, who is it? But then it turned out it was the boyfriend. They (laughs) like, I had just like thought it was the boyfriend and then and then duped and then rethought it and then yeah i just like kept going back and forth (laughs) you were charmed by dennis quaid's son's face well and they really wanted you to think that it was the sister and so i feel like i definitely fell into that especially when she was like um tied up in the closet because that's Mm. a whole because that is another thing that they've done in the movie where one of them ties up the other one in the closet Mm. and then the and then they untie and stab them so yeah, I'll say my uh, my sus radar went up when they said it's always the boyfriend. I was like, oh, well, this seems like the sort of thing where it's like, wow, it couldn't be me. And then they call back to it. Yeah. And so so I would say that I had 80% accuracy in predicting this ending. But I also, um, the motivation, and like I think, I think they chose the right people because they played like the manic serial killer pretty well, um, both Amber and uh Richie 
they once they were found out and the like you know uh, the act was over they were cuckoo birds just in a delightful way where they just get to go full ham in their monologues and their their bringing of the energy and upping the ante a little bit and i think they did a really good job of being just uh uh pardon the, the term but crazy you know like i just think there's no other way to describe what they were willing to do for the reasons they were doing it. Well, that's another screen thing that happens in every movie is that once the killers are revealed, they go bananas. Like yeah. the, <laughs> in the original, well, because they're usually like, okay, I have to stab myself so that I can frame it on somebody else. So they're always like bleeding out and sort of like <laughs> cutting themselves or shooting themselves in the leg or something. And then they're like going on these crazy tyrannical monologues. Um, <laughs> and then they're still like fighting people. Uh, so the the back half of the screen movies are always lots of fun. I think they're not like like dull, like boring, grisly affairs. They're like very high energy. Um, yeah. But okay. So what did you think though about the big reveal that <laughs> the reason why they had killed them was because they were fans of the stab movies and that like people just weren't taking the fandom seriously. Enough? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that had been peppered throughout the story. Like during the requel monologue, they talk about how fans hated Stab 8 or whatever it was. And they kind of reference this culture of like people being on, uh, you know, YouTube making videos ranting about the choices. And even in that monologue, they reference Star Wars and the new sequels and stuff like that. And so I appreciated it. I was sort of curious, like, like I think it was funny in that it speaks to a very niche problem. Um, but I wondered how they decided to like play that. Like, cause I was like, Oh, is this a commentary on screen four? But screen four was like fairly well received. So it was really more a commentary on other movies in general. Is that a fair assessment? Or I guess my question was, was it like self-referential or just genre referential? I think just genre referential mm. because it seems like Scream hasn't had a movie out since like social media has really been mm. huge. I mean, I think the Scream 4 came out in 2008, 2009, something like that. So it was like still fledgling. Right. Um, so I don't think it's something that's been at play for them, but... Like one of the movie, one of the screams, there's a whole plot line about like violence in movies and how violence in movies are making people (laughs) kill each other. So they do sometimes like make references to those types of things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it was mostly probably just like because of Marvel and because of Star Wars and just all of those big fandom things yeah that they were like oh well this will be a fun way to kind of play into that yeah Um, I also like but I kind of like it too because I feel like it sort of then cuts off at the knees any sort of like (laughs) bad fan reaction you know what I mean yeah yeah that's why I was like oh are they trying to save face fan and you didn't like this (laughs) 
it's like you what are you gonna do yeah about it's it? sort of like <laughs> making fun of you i also i loved i thought it was so clever how they decide to call the movie scream instead of scream five and then they make a yeah. joke about that in the movie of how like people are like how come it's called stab and not stab eight yeah and i was like this is genius because they knew that whenever they released the title that everyone was going to go online and be like, how come it's not Scream 5? Like, this is so <laughs> stupid. This is so annoying. And then when the movie comes out, they're like, we gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, that was probably the best work in the film. Like, I I didn't necessarily care about like, oh, the connection to the early cast and everyone's related and now they're suddenly in the house that the first one was in, like, blah, 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 blah. And like trying to add depth to the sister's relationship and why they were estranged and all that. But I think the better writing was in these weird monologues that the the killers got to give um like jack quaid's monologue where he's like how can you be mad at us it's just love like we just love something and we're just doing everything to like make it worthy of like what we love and i just i thought that was interesting like fun and also like a good like criticism of this sort of toxic culture um, and so it felt like they really, you know, for the weaknesses I felt in the script of the first half, I felt like, okay, they earned a good uh, a round of applause for that finale. Um, and I especially enjoyed the idea of her saying, you know, like they're just like quips they get in there. I felt were funnier in the last half than, than, than in that final act than the first few. Um, Cause when she's like, don't mess with the serial killer's daughter. I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, I guess that's a fair point and um, brutal to watch and pretty disgusting. Uh, but I'd understand the frustration that would drive you to uh, stab someone that many times. Yeah, once we, I think once they got to the house at the end, it got a lot better. Like mm, the, mm-hmm. and it really ended on a high point. And I, <laughs> and I am excited for presumably whatever the next <laughs> one is, just because like you, ha- you still have the twins in play. You yes. have those older sister, younger sister. You still have Sydney and Gail, but then. Um, yeah, it feels like you won't have to do as much sort of of that like friendy or of like um like sentimental setup kind of stuff. Right. And could spend more time on like whatever new batch of people are going to be in this next one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say overall, um, you know, and this movie kind of makes a point of it is that you can't like beat the first like you just won't. But people no. are going to keep making sequels. So why pretend that we're not going to? And um, I'm glad that this one felt like a good sequel that was like fun and hit the right steps. But uh, I mean, Scream 1996 is still a better film overall. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think like you said, it kind of takes the wind out of any sort of criticism you can give it because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, they know what they're doing. So it's like it, they know it's just, you know, copy and pasting to a certain degree once you set up a good franchise um but was this as was this a great film like i don't think so it also wasn't my cup of tea though so yeah i mean it's done really well the reviews are good it did really well the box office especially after 
We, <laughs> there's been a lot of kind of flops that have come out yes. the past couple of months. You know, things like West Side Story, which people thought were going to be huge and then sort of just like did not deliver. Um, this is finally the movie that unseated Spider-Man from the top of the box <laughs> office. I mean, granted, that came out like six weeks ago, but, you know. Yeah. And I think there's really nothing that looks good that's coming out in the next month. I think the next thing is that um, Death on the Nile movie that's that I've even like heard of, and I don't know I don't know how good that's going to be, and it doesn't come out till like the middle of February. So I sort of think that this, like the screen people were smart about this in a lot of ways. They put it out in sort of a dead zone. There's not a lot of other things in theaters. It did really well. Like I I appreciate the kind of uh, I think thoughtfulness behind this movie that I don't know if a lot of other horror movies are bringing that to the table as much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's hard for me to say like, this is definitely better than Halloween, like across Kills. the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think, you know, comparing it to a highbrow prestige elevated horror is really difficult. So, I could appreciate what's happening here. I just felt like it, it kind of lagged at a lot of points. It had a lot of emotional baggage it didn't need. And ultimately, the kills... I mean, first, like you said, actually not a lot of people died. Um, and so it felt kind of like cop-outs often. But I, if they were going to do that, like where they fake a bunch of deaths, I wish they would have shown like, actually, this, this uh, ghost face is actually just really bad at killing um i wish there would have been a moment where amber was like oh it's just so frustrating i can't like find the right i don't know vein or whatever (laughs) like i just think there could have been a inline joke about why they were so bad at offing people because it happened so often in this movie that they couldn't finish the job um but maybe that's nitpicking well, I'm also wondering if there's some, like, again, if they're setting this up for a sequel, if there's something, like, there with, like, the twins maybe be like, also having been bad or something. Just because, like, so she stabbed yeah, the disappear. sister so much in the first scene, but obviously purposefully did not want to kill her because they needed the mm. older sister to come back. So it's, like, clearly oh, yeah. Amber knew enough to, like be hurting her but not killing her so then the fact that they couldn't kill either of the twins and both of them live i mean obviously like they're trying to set up i think another movie that and you want those you want some more carryover characters but i was also kind of like huh i wonder if they're somehow or another like i wonder if they were left alive for some reason um down the pipeline so we'll look at you Look at you, your wheels are turning. (laughs) You're getting on those Reddit boards, putting your theories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just need Um, to kill some people (laughs) so they'll make another good movie. Uh, I mean, there were some gaps in their logic because they were going to kill Gail too. And it's like, I thought they were going to pressure her to write the book so that they'd make the movie as, as they wanted it written. But but I don't know because aren't the books, aren't the movies in, aren't Stab the movies based on Gail Weathers' books? Isn't that the connection i was meant to make yes but i don't think all the stab movies are based on her books like i think she wrote a book about the events of scream one and then that book became the impetus for the movie stab one but i don't but i don't think she's written like a series of books that the stab movies are based on like i think stab eight where he has a uh fire thrower or whatever is like not uh that's like not 
Gail Weathers adjacent. Right. Okay. Well, I won't nitpick so much. Um, but uh, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Any? Uh, did you have rapid fire questions or? I didn't really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I really liked this. Uh, Is this better than? the Halloween requel. I don't think that this is better mm. than the first Halloween requel, okay. but it's definitely better than the second Halloween requel. Is this going to be top of your list? Like ready or not was, <laughs> I mean, I will say this. I bet this is in the top 10 for this, like for a long time. Okay. Uh, Cause I really <laughs> enjoyed this movie and I can't really see a lot of stuff that comes out in the next five months. Right. Like, topping it. So, so our, our so mid year recap, when we get to the mid year recap, <laughs> we will be discussing this again. <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to it. Um, I'm not sure what's coming out next, but, uh, Hopefully yeah, there's really nothing. We need to figure out oh, what we're doing. Time for you to catch up on Yellow Jacket. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, oh, I mean, or it's like I'm watching Euphoria if you want to no. watch that. No, the people would prefer Yellow Jackets. I have multiple DMs that say so. So they're willing to bully you. I just told them that it wasn't worth it because you never listen to me. Uh, there was something else I was... Oh, <laughs> I, have you been watching the Boba Fett show at all? No. Oh, okay. We would 100% be covering Yellow Jackets before we watched the Boba Fett show. No, well, I... Yes, but Yellow Jackets is over with. So I was like... Yeah, but people are still talking about it, okay? The Reddit boards are still very active, okay? Okay. There's still a conversation to be had. In fact, I think people would rather us cover freaking Squid Game than Boba Fett. So, I mean, here's the other thing I'll say is that I think we have about like six dead weeks coming up in the next two months. <laughs> so we have time to do a, a variety of things, we'll I just think. Do some, we'll just do a Friends recap, uh, getting yeah. into it on The Office finally. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess we have Oscar nominations at some point. Then we mm. have our year-end ranking. We have yes. the Oscars. So yes. that's three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There'll be stuff. Yeah, I mean, we have, that, we have that moon movie i guess i'm really looking yes. forward to so you've been telling me about it constantly <laughs> we'll have to get that on the books uh, well i guess that just means there's a uh, good content coming um but you can also find more content on our patreon uh i'm talking about taylor swift every month R- matt and i talk about something else <laughs> every random month. stuff yeah <laughs> who knows what we'll do this time since we're already struggling to find content um but we're also on social media at ps you're wrong on instagram and uh you can leave us a review on apple Podcasts or drop on spotify and give us some stars um <laughs> i don't want to point fingers but someone didn't give us five stars so we're at a 4.9 <laughs> oh <laughs> my even gosh know why. no 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 no, no. <laughs> It's like, if you have something to say, then just like tell us, you know, and we'll try to address it. Um, mm-hmm. But always welcome to commentary. You can send us an email at psyourong at gmail.com as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.